Hello, and welcome to the media ministry of Living Word Church in Roberts, Illinois. Today, Pastor Douglas Lee shares truth from the Word of God that will inspire and motivate you. We pray that as you listen to this message, your ears will be open to hear and your heart to receive all that God has for you. Join us now as we journey together through God's Word. Uh, We're excited every time anybody just chooses to serve the Lord and honor the Lord in our midst. So if you're doing that and you're new at it, we thank you. Uh, Much of what we receive in the body of Christ where we go to church will have to do with our desire to be there and commitment to be a part. It's one of the keys that uh, as we're giving into the Lord's service, we receive more. It's a scriptural principle. So it's kind of like... uh, growing up as as kids, I was the oldest of three kids. Uh, it, it always felt unfair that the oldest was expected to do the most. But it's just kind of how things work. It's kind of how things work in the body of Christ. And the oldest also got the most benefits. Got to drive the vehicles first. Got to get on the biggest tractor first. Got to, got to pick out the dog usually. I mean, just got to do a lot of stuff. But also had uh, more responsibility. So those things go together, and I want to encourage you to never be afraid to step out and honor the Lord in serving because he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, and it has to do with our choices. Diligence is a choice. It's a discipline that we make. So today I want to share with you something on my heart. I was ministering Wednesday night, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me as as I was talking about one thing to the people. He was talking to me about another thing. You say, well, how can that be? Well, that's how the Holy Spirit does things. And uh, uh, he can reveal something at the same time that we're talking, uh, which is hard for me to, to conceive any other way. Don't try it with me, two people trying to do it. When one of you is God, I'll hear him, okay? <laughs> and then I might ask you, what was that again? If you're talking to me at the same time. But I've learned that many times when I'm sharing, sharing something, he'll prompt me to share something more about something that was just said. Today is like that. We're living in a society where I see things happening in the church world, and there's, there's a great emphasis right now on loving people well and loving everybody and I agree with that. Jesus himself commanded us to love people as much as, or, you know, when I read it, he's kind of saying, uh, uh, love them the way you want everybody to love you. You know, go beyond what you're experiencing and give, give people the best you of how you would like them to love you. But with the emphasis on loving people, we have to look at how do we do that? What's God's standard? God's standard for loving people is something we learn by loving him the way he wants to be loved. So when I, I left here Wednesday night, I got in, in, in the car, was driving home, and I said, Lord, I, I need to know more about that. I, I, I realize I need to share something with people. He said, if they love me the way I want to be loved, they'll love people the way they're supposed to, and people will come into the kingdom more easily. And it won't be hard to love people. So he was saying our focus is on loving God and we'll do right by people. The better we are at loving God, the better we'll do with people. I don't know if you've ever tried to love somebody that was really unlovable. I mean, you either fake it or God gives you the capacity to do it. Because you'd be thinking, I'm going through the motions, but I'm not feeling anything. When we experience that, it's a surprise to learn Scripture teaches. It's because we have a void in us, or we could love 
the unlovely. Jesus did that. We were among the unlovely that he loved. He loved us first. So when I think about it, I think it's, it's really pretty challenging rather than thinking we're just going to love people and include everybody. We have to love God the way he said to love him and then we'll love people right. Loving people right is not always what is being termed inclusion today. God didn't include everybody in heaven. He gave us a qualifier. We choose a savior. Well, God still allows us to choose. He doesn't discriminate against us, but he allows us to choose whether we want to accept Jesus as Savior or not. So when we're loving people, I find it's really important then to know what's God's standard for me loving him. And I found four, four key words in a passage where Jesus is talking about this. And at the end of the four ways to love God, he says, and love people as I've loved you. Love people. But he put the people after God. If we want to do it right as a Christian, if we want to do it right as a church, we focus our efforts on loving God and then out of us will flow rivers of living water, loving people the right way. And sometimes in the living water is accept, the Bible says. Or what you're saying doesn't line up with the word of God and God's word never changes. And you can love people well and do that or Jesus is a liar. Why? Jesus said it. See, there's some things when I look at and Jesus himself said, I go, we can't get out of that. I mean, he's the authority. He is the living word of God. I mean, he's the real deal. He's the full expression of how God wants us to live. So we're looking at something today that to me is undeniable unless you say the scripture isn't the authority of God. That's kind of the only way to get out of it. Say, well, I just don't believe any of that. Okay. But if you choose to believe Jesus is your Savior, you accepted him as Savior, he's not just saving us from sin, he's saving us to a new kind of life. A life that God wants us to choose, not just because it gives him glory. Choosing God's way keeps us in a set-free mode. And if we're not set free, we're not going to be used of God to set other captives free. See, so we, our, our loving people well is set free in us when we love God well. We suddenly have the capacity to, to love God's way. And it isn't the way man describes it. You know, I hear a number of Christians that don't know very much scripture in the last few years say, well, you just got to love everybody or you'll never win them to Jesus. And what they're talking about is you just have to let people do their thing. Well, that's not what scripture says. Scripture tells us in how to love God, how we're supposed to see people. We need to learn to see people the way God does. Why would he want to or need to save anybody if love just included everybody? Jesus' death on the cross was inclusive. His resurrection was inclusive, but our choice brings us in or denies us access. And he went so far as to say narrow is the way that leads to life. That means we have to choose. We each have to choose. We come in one at a time. The narrowest way you can get through means you're going to get through one at a time. 
That's what he's talking about there. We make the decision. We can make the decision to be saved from hell and sin. And then we make a decision to let Jesus be our Lord. And that's a continual making decisions. What's he saving me to? How am I supposed to think? If we don't learn how to think, we don't learn the right values. If we don't have the right core values, we're not going to live the kind of life he intends for us to live. So sometimes we struggle to get free when we just need to spend time learning how to love God the way he wants to be loved. Well, let's look at the word because I, if I don't get started, I'll run out of time. And I, I want to say something before we go to the word because I made notes at the top of my page. Uh, a secret mission message. We're getting ready to leave on a trip and a crusade. Be praying for this team. There's been a lot of opposition to this trip. I'm not surprised by that. Why we're going out to accomplish as much as we possibly can in the time that we're there. One of the things on my heart is, is in the crusade, uh, I expect there to be a lot of visiting pastors and ministry workers. What we want to do or something that's on my heart is to deliver into their hands a gift. The gift will connect them to our website, but it'll be reading material, a couple of books. They can go to the website and, and get into our resources there for free. Everything that we have online would be for free. Uh, to them, many of the pastors are untrained. They learn by reading and they learn by listening to other preachers and they go out and preach and teach because they don't have access to school or they can't afford to go to school and many of them can't afford even a vehicle. They have to walk to church. So we'd like to provide as much as we can in, in research right now. To We've got four pastors partnering with us. We're giving a bigger package to them. We have a history with them, but I expect there to be about 100 pastors and ministry workers to visit the crusade over the time we travel. What we want to do is be able to put a couple books into their hand and contact information back here, and we're establishing something. A network of people we can help and be connected to because we have a, what you may not realize being here if you've never gone there is we have a lot of resources and they have few. Well, anything that we can share, we want to share, and some things aren't free, but many things are. So if you can help us with that, I think that I probably need about $1,500 to pull that off. That's just something that I want to do. Why? I, one, of, one of the things in my heart is to help people who need help, particularly when they're in ministry and they just don't have the support that they need. Why? They'll go out and win people. Long after the crusade, they'll be getting people, say, filled with the Holy Ghost, set free from demon oppression, and walking with God in fellowship with God. And, and when they're doing that in their own nation, we've accomplished more of a mission than what we can do while we're there. So if you can help, you can, you can see Corbin or Pastor Josh or Pastor Paul or me and just let us know, hey, I want to help with that. Why We're, we're going to step out and do that. We've got to figure out how to get 600 pounds of books to Guatemala cheaply, though. We'll figure it out. We're, they're working on that, probably working on it while I'm preaching. Anyway, I wanted to tell you that before we get started because it's, it's upon us. And we want to do the most that we can do to make a difference for the Lord Jesus, for those that are... Serving the Lord, we're commanded to go. And you know, I, I serve the Lord Jesus. I serve him first. So when my master commands me, I obey him. And that's, a, that's the nature of my heart toward the Lord Jesus. You know, uh, Sometimes we forget that side of lordship just means commander. And sometimes he commands us to do stuff. So I, I, I listen when he's, when he's asking. There's a difference in him asking or encouraging and commanding. Now, what does that mean? The command means he's handpicked somebody to go do something for him. Now, this is Luke 10, 25. Uh, Jesus in, in, encountered some opposition 
in his ministry. This is one of those times, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted Jesus, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? What do you see when you read it? And he answered, saying, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said unto him, You've answered right. Do this and live. That word live is a little word with a giant meaning. Zow. The root word is zoe. It means live in the way God created and intended to, for you to live before the devil ever got involved in anything in your life, before ever Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden. That's something we don't know except we receive it bit by bit. The kind of life when Jesus said to the woman at the well, I'm going to give you water and you'll never thirst anymore. It literally means living in the wellspring of abundant life, abundant flowing water, so much so that it flows out of you. That turns us into something that we are not before. Makes us a source for the life of God for other people. So Jesus was... Letting him know he was right, he was giving him an answer. The man was trying to trap him, but he didn't trap Jesus. Jesus was never trapped. He gave his life willingly when he went to the cross. No man, no devil could trap him. Why? He was determined to show us it can be done. All right? And save us to a life where God can deliver us into an abundant kind of life. Now, this is a powerful kind of life. Living life differently because living water is inside of us. We're supposed to see things differently. We're supposed to taste and see that the Lord is good and then have a craving to follow after Him. We're supposed to become addicted to this new life inside of us not want to do without it. I don't know if you've ever had a dry and thirsty period in your life spiritually, but the only way to get over it is to spend time with Jesus again and say, let's have a refreshing. And he's faithful always to do that, but why did we get dry? We quit partaking of him, spending time with him. Now, God has a way for us to live. He's telling us in this scripture, four out of five things were how to live for God. One out of five was how to live with people. To win people. So I want you to understand to win people is about 20% of what God's looking for from us. He's looking for 80% of our focus to be on fellowshipping with Him. To learn who He is. To learn what He wants. To learn what He likes. To find out how He loves people by how He loves us individually. See, I, I know by how He loves me and how He's patient with me. Everybody ought to be just as loving and patient with me, but why isn't everybody? Because we don't know as much as God does, and we tend to not love the way he loves. Then I remember when I'm thinking I'm loving somebody appropriately, but i am got a little edge to it. I have to remember that I might be sowing seed that I'll experience a little edge from somebody if I don't watch out, and I decide to take the edge off or apologize after it's too late why do we do that because we are loving in a human capacity and we just run out we just can't do that on our own we can't do it God's way 
without learning his ways. So this has to do with his ways. If we adopt God's core values in this, if you will adopt these as core values, four ways we love God, in it you'll find he will expose in you any issues you have. It's the way God deals with us. His view on love and loving him and loving people exposes anything that he needs to save us to that we've fallen behind in. Ever wonder why you just feel so sad after you really blow it with another person? Think, if only I could turn back the clock and fix that. It's because somewhere on the inside we know we have a capacity to do that better. We know that we, we could have caught it or could have stopped it if we had been on our game. What makes us be on our game is, is loving God actively the way he asks. And it changes our core values. Our core values line up with him. That's why we study the scripture. That's why we worship him. And, and at times, pastor says, let's just respond and move around. Let's, let's change our attitude by making a shift. We do that because as we're learning to love him, we learn how to love people right. As we receive his word, his word reveals our relationship with God and then shows us where we need to adjust our relationship with people. I, I know many, many people who serve in ministry say, well, why did God have to make it so hard to work with people? The answer is always we, we, we've got to know God to make it easy to work with people. Why? everybody's going to be hard to work with in something. Why? We're stretching and learning. There's a benefit in our relationship with him where we, we begin to learn and he changes our heart first toward him. When a person hears something in the scripture, they say, well, I'm not ready for that. They'll miss the mark with people in that arena every time. Why? God gives us the capacity to love the people when we choose to love him the right way changes our nature so I call it core values and core values are meant to expose our issues and that's why we have a person of God called the Holy Spirit living with us to help us make the change when the change comes so don't think in this message oh I always mess it up there there's no hope for me this is this is all about hope this is about becoming like Jesus and the way that we do and the reason we do is we'll reach people more effectively in daily communication better than we will trying it any other way. People will remember how you made them feel in the interaction. You will learn that about the Lord and his attitude toward you. I've never once had the Lord Jesus leave me feeling like a bum even when I deserved it. He would stick with me until I got the full message and the right message that he loved me and wanted to help me. When we do the same thing, we do that in the power of God. And it changes lives instead of uh, uh, causing people trouble. Our job is not to convict or convince, just to love people the way God does and let him do the working. Now, I want to break down these words just a little bit because uh, we read them and they all sound uh, uh, kind of vague in our language, but they're not vague words. They're specific words, specific meanings. If we're going to love God with all of our heart, he's talking about our sensibilities, how we make decisions. He's talking about 
appetites and passions. We've got to give our appetites and passions. Now, these are in a progressive order. So he said, we're going to first start to love God by not being ruled by our flesh or our, our mind, but choose to adopt God's word as our, our rules. People say, I just can't help myself. Well, we have to give our heart. You know, we think of, of heart sometimes differently, but it literally means the way we think and operate and what drives us forward. So if we don't have a passion to know God, we're, we're not going to know Him. If we don't allow Him to adjust our sensibilities, the word sensibility sounds fleshy, sounds like I'm going by my feelings. We will go by our feelings until we're retrained to go by what God said. So when I'm around a person, if a person says, well, I've chosen this lifestyle and you're supposed to love me, if I'm not trained on the inside what God says, I won't respond right. I might respond lawishly and say, well, you're just in sin, goofball. Well, that's not going to help any money. Or I might respond by swaying totally their direction say, I understand, God just probably made you that way. Or we know what the Word of God says, and this is what God wants, and He gave us a Savior so we could accept the Savior to change, and this is what He says in the Word. Now, we're almost forbidden today to say what the Word says if it's that clear. Loving God will make you personally uncomfortable in your own sensibilities if you adopt His. And when you're making the adjustment, when I make the adjustment on the fly, I have to stop in a conversation like that. If it catches me off guard, I don't respond immediately. I stop and think, okay, chunk out my own sensibilities. God, what are your sensibilities in this? And then I answer right instead of being a part of a compromise. So, Pastor, who wants to do that? A lot of people don't want to, but it's how we love God, see? I'm pointing out how we truly witness. We adopt his sensibilities. How can we know if we don't know what the standard is in the scripture? Interesting to me that Jesus used the Old Testament to teach us how we love God. He's quoting the Old Testament. That's why the lawyer was looking back at the Old Testament thinking I'm going to trap this grace-filled Jesus because he's going to cross a line here with what the law says. And they couldn't trap him. He said, yeah. You want to love God these four ways, but then, and he got the lawyer with this, you got to love people. The lawyer probably stepped back and said, well, I'm doing the four. What do you mean I got to love people? Why? That's where grace comes in. Grace is predominantly for you to relate to others, not, not to put between you and God so he'll change his mind about you. And the, so, so Jesus was revealing really a, uh, where we have wiggle room and where we don't. We're supposed to love God, but when it comes to people, we'll need all the help we can get. Why? He built it into our hearts to love God, our sensibilities. Many times I, I, I talk to people and I say, well, are, are you affiliated with the church? Well, I'm a Christian. And, and you, you ask them, what do they mean by that? They can't tell you. They tell you what church they go to. And you know, by association, they adopt many Christian values. But they don't understand that Christ Jesus himself set the values and told us that if we love God well, we'll love people well. I'm trying to help you today locate a balance in how to succeed with people in this generation. It's critical that we do. 
It's important that we don't make ourselves a judge. It's important that we adopt God's values as ours or we'll fall off one side of the fence or the other instead of walking the line in a right way with people. Now, Ephesians 3 is the New Testament example of this, that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you will come to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. In other words, he's saying with the Holy Spirit's help you'll understand what loving God is and you'll be able to love people because the fullness of God's love will dwell in you. See, when, when we don't know how to relate to people, there's something we haven't learned about God. He's saying if we'll get a hold of the God peace, we'll succeed more with the people peace. Does that mean every person's going to succeed with every person? No. Why? We're just not that good. But Jesus will succeed with every person. That's why he'll raise up somebody else if we don't succeed. But should we for the most part? Yes. But why? Perfect love, God's love, does a lot of things for people that'll catch us by surprise. Why? We're operating in his love and not ours. Today, I'll tell you, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit to the overflow, you'll do neither one right. See, what the lawyer knew is there's nobody pleasing God so much in all four of those things. So he's thinking, we'll get Jesus. We'll find out where his weakness is and we'll, we'll nail him up that way. But Jesus answered and pointed back to loving people is, is an outflow of loving God. The river of loving people comes because there's a river coming into us, receiving God's love in the right way. Now, why is this important? You'll fail otherwise at it. And Jesus said, in the end, we qualify for eternal life by doing all of these things. Now, we take a little for granted. We look at the New Testament and say, well, Jesus did it all. Yes, and he expects us to do it all. That's lordship. To go back and say, all right, your grace is going to help me. Your goodness is going to help me. Your mercy is over me. You're my teacher. I'm going to learn as I go. You're not going to smack me down for getting it wrong. You're going to lift me up so I get it right. And that's who he is. But what he expects us to do is to, to, to care enough. What is it he's looking for from us? We're in a covenant. That means he did it all up front. We're supposed to say, here, here I am. Show me what you want and need from me. And then he gives the promise of the blessing to enrich our life with an outflow that will change everything around us. Now, so if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we'll comprehend more of God. I, I, countless examples in my life. Before I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I didn't understand much of the Scripture, no matter how hard I tried. When I became filled with Him and learned how to stay filled with the Holy Spirit, He became my teacher. Teacher living on the inside, a teacher helping me on the fly, the teacher that can, can speak to me three different conversations at the same time, knowing I have the capacity to understand them and learn them and walk with him. Uh, as we go, he expands our ability to learn. He knows what we're capable of and we don't even know. He helps us that much. See, I, I believe when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, he has, a, he has this great need to teach us how to receive God's love so we'll be like Jesus-loving people. That's, who the, that's the Holy Spirit's prime objective to help us fulfill this. Why Jesus said, this is how you get to heaven. Now, in the New Testament church, people say, oh, but I'm saved. Yeah, but he's saying we can have some heaven on earth, thou kind of life. 
if we let him save us to the uttermost. What does that mean? We give our life back to him. Say, I'm going to live Jesus' way. Well, the second word there, that was heart, meaning thinking this way, my appetites and passions. You know, uh, that, that's the doorway. Deciding uh, I'm not going to be driven by my feelings anymore or my thoughts or, or the advertising along the side of the road. I, I know a lot of people, you just put something subliminal in their mind. They got to go get some right now. Yeah, I, I listen. I listen to people a lot, and this is just just sort of something that I do. Sometimes God opens my ears, but I'll be standing in the grocery store line, and I just listen to people, small talk. I mean, I'm approaching there. I've got all my little cart organized, and I'm ready to throw everything out there when my chance comes and get out of there. But in the meantime, I can't get out of there, so I'm listening to, to what people are saying. And it, It's interesting how there's always some product they put in the cart for the first time because somebody told them it was great. Think, are we really that, that impressionable? The answer is yes. So if we want to portray Jesus the right way, people will tend to go back and give it a consideration. So much of Scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. There have been times I've been in the line and I've listened to somebody ahead of me and I kind of, I look at the contents of their card and I look at them and if they look pretty healthy and there's something there that I've never tried before, I'll ask them, well, why do you get that? What, what's special about that kind of yogurt? Oh, it does this for you. And I think, oh, I could use that. What do you, you will abandon the cart, tell people you will be right back and you will run get one. Why? We are that impressionable. There should be something about the quality of your relationship with Jesus that makes it easy for people to tap you to be loved. To tap you for what is it in your heart right now? What is going on in you right now? And it could be just a thing. Most times I look and think, well, you know, I'll look at the healthy and there's their brand cereal. Check, know about that. And I'll kind of go through and know most about it. But if there's something there that I see that's a little different and I look at them and they seem happy and they seem energetic and, and they, they, they talk with energy, I think, oh, they got, they got a lot of energy. Well, what a, it's in our nature to want to do better and to network to find out how. Secondly, he, he wants us to, to love him with all our soul. That word literally means our morality. Aligning our desires and our aversions with God's desires and aversions. That means what he loves, we love. What he hates, we hate. What? Yeah, there's some things God doesn't like in morality. He doesn't like everything going on. He loves people, unconditionally loves everybody. But he doesn't love sin that leads to death, operating in the people that he loves. He loves the lost, same as he loves the saved. So if we're going to love God with all of our soul, we have to make the decision, I'm going to find out what God loves and what God hates. And I'm going to line up with that. Good luck with that one. In this generation. Why? You will be told that you are not even a Christian if you are against anything because people think you're against a person instead of against a sin. Learn to separate the difference out. I have many conversations with people who are openly sinners 
and I allow them to, to challenge me with their idea of lifestyle, and I just challenge them back with the word of truth. Say, God loves you, no question, he loves you. He loves you so much, he wants you to go to heaven instead of hell. And if you're going to go to heaven, you've got to love what he loves. Jesus said so, didn't he? See, he gave us the answer here that we can help people. That The real decision is do they want to love what Jesus loves? It doesn't mean we're going to do everything right. It means we're going to make a decision to love what he loves. I knew that'd, get, that, that'd make it quiet. It did. This is Psalm 34. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Same word, my, my morality, my desires, my aversions. In other words, when people look at me, it says Jesus in my decisions. Now, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. In other words, people that, that love God are going to go, that's right, that's right. He's doing right, making the right decision. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. What are we doing when we, we don't love him with all of our soul? We're magnifying ourselves, probably doing something that we want. We're putting the emphasis on me. Jesus, you died for me, but I'm going to live the way I want to. What is that? That's not magnifying the Lord. Why, Lord there means master and controller. means I'm going to put the emphasis on what my master wants. I'm going to put the emphasis on what the controller of my life wants. That's why I said sometimes the Lord just commands you to do something. I pay close attention to his commands. I learned that from, from a, a dad that could be very commanding. If he wanted something, there was a certain tone that came that meant do it yesterday and do it, you know, move, move really fast to resolve it. And I, I just learned to respond to command so much so that if the command came, I would question myself, was I not paying attention? But sometimes it was just the urgency of the timing for the command Understand that there are moments in your life where you understanding God's love this way will make the difference in somebody going to heaven or somebody going to hell. By you being quick to understand he wants you to witness or share with somebody. He wants you to say something to somebody or make the phone call. I don't know if this has happened to anybody else or if I'm the only person that's backslid this way, but the Holy Spirit speak to me from time to time. I don't miss it like I used to, not near as much. Once in a, once, once in a while I go, dear God, there it is again, where the Holy Spirit will prompt me to make a phone call or say something or do something. Maybe even he'll prompt me with it through a, a person to remind me and I forget. Why well, sometimes just I forget. And then the person calls me. I just need to talk to you. Oh, no. <laughs> Why? I should have initiated. It means more. Or how often, uh, and this has happened to me a few times, I'll see somebody, talk to them a little bit, not their pastor. They die. It shouldn't bother pastor more than it does other people, but I think maybe it does. And you wonder, wonder where they went yesterday at 9.05 when they passed away. Whenever that kind of thing happens, we have to go back and say, am I loving him with all my, my soul? Am I, am I giving him my alignment to what matters to him and stepping back from what doesn't? Say, why, why the matter of salvation? We're, we're here to be Jesus to people. When we're doing that, our, our soul is loving him. Well, it got quiet there. Let's go to strength. Maybe you'll like that one better. 
Strength means our mental and physical ability. You mean God is concerned about that? Yeah, it's one of the ways we love him. Did you know that? He wants us to be strong, well-trained, and intelligent. So while I'm out, the Holy Spirit's your teacher. He'll bring you back in. What does he want you to be trained in? First, understanding loving God. That's what we're talking about here. He wants you to be the most well-trained in understanding the love of God and in understanding the love of God to take care of yourself physically. Do you know that's one of the ways that we recognize God's love is to say, all right, he needs me to take care of this body he gave me so I can serve him. And, and we, 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 we don't think about he's captive in there. When he comes to live inside of us, says that physically our physical body's his temple. I wonder if he's happy about that. I wonder if he's happy about what I'm doing with the temple and how I'm taking care of the temple and, and what goes on with the temple and what other temples it gets around, what it does with the other temples. See, I'm just giving you a little different way to think about loving God because we, we, we love him with our, our physical, physical what? Strength, might, it's talking about here. Uh, our, our mental facilities as a mighty force for God, our physical body, as a mighty force for God. What does that mean? Some, sometimes he just needs some mighty power to manifest by using a person that's willing to push and do something. To stay up late and pre prepare for the Sunday school teaching in the morning instead of winging it. To study to become approved of God to be more of a witness. To know more. To have more to say to people. But he's really talking about giving our mind to loving God so that he can fill our mind with right information to love people, see. He's not just saying to learn anything and everything. That's part of it. It can apply to anything. But what's, he, what's the context here? Loving God is the context. So if I'm going to love God with my mind, I let him fill it with right thoughts. Right thoughts come from the right values in God's word and understanding them. Then I'm going to turn around and my right thinking is going to affect you. The more I think right, the more you're going to like what I have to say in your life. If I have God's thinking. See, if I have man's thinking, who knows where that will go. Why? Our mind can go all over the map. Why? It's had other training. Your mind has had other training to look at people and either they're going to benefit you or not benefit you. There's a lot of teaching that's come into the body of Christ. Hang around only people that will take you up. I don't see that in the scripture. I see love everybody in the scripture and maybe somebody will somehow inspire and help you. But our life is not about looking for people who will do that, but looking for people we can love the way God loves and going for, for the other end of it. And becoming a specialist in bringing people the gospel. What is that? The good news. Not the here's your list of wrong things. Here's the things I observe when I look at you, Corbin. Here's your list, buddy. You should work on this. You know what Corbin's, Corbin would think? And I'll give you your list too. <laughs> Why? Because it's, it's, we're, we're not made to receive that way from man. We rebel at it. But if we'll be loving God the way we're supposed to, we'll receive, we'll be able to take the list and go, oh, let me see what I can learn from that. And then we just don't even think we need to bring correction to the other. We just say, all right, Jesus, I can learn something. That's a hard pill. 
isn't it? So, so, a few of you know it is. The rest of you are in denial. That's why. Uh, it, it, it's easier when it comes from the Lord, except sometimes we don't recognize when it comes from Him. Now, this is uh, our mental and physical ability is a mighty force for God. This is from Matthew 25. This is Jesus again directly. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered them his goods. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one according to his various abilities. In other words, God gives us tools to succeed according to our established mental and physical ability. He's not going to give you something to fill the void you have. He's going to look for you to find a way to fill the void so he can put the polish on it. Physical strength and ability, he, he expects an effort. I mean, this is easiest to understand with our physical body, I think. If we want to gain strength, we've got to go through the motions it takes to, take, to, to build some strength. We have to do the same thing with our mental ability. And he's saying he will give us the talent. I used to think, well, it's unfair. Some people get all the gifts and talents. He chooses to give them where we have been a steward of what he's already given us. Are we loving him with our mind? Are we, lo are we giving our mind to the scripture? I, I learned the hard way, or I'd say the diligent way. It took me years to understand. The more I studied the scripture, the more he'd unlock it to me. And I just wanted to wave the magic wand and say, look, the words need to make sense when I read them. I'm responsible to teach them. And you would think, oh, God's obligated to give the teacher a special understanding. He's not obligated to nothing. Did you see loving him triggers giving from him? I want you to get it. People just think things just happen automatically because it's the will, of, the will of God is in place for us to be strong mentally and physically. Now, we, we talked about spiritual things. We're talking about our whole being, spirit, soul, and body in this. This is the, the, the mind and the body. What's he wanting to do? He said, if you will work to discipline them, I will give you something to steward as a result. So what can you do with those things? Well, I, I'm going to, to Guatemala as lean and mean as I can be physically. Why? I don't know what's going to happen to me there, honestly. I know that they don't eat like I eat. They eat beans and rice. So I've been three times a week eating beans and rice, thinking, mmm, <laughs> yummy. And I've been packing a lot of healthy things and weighing them out to know how much I can carry with me. Why? This physical body is going to have to endure whatever it has to come up against. And if I don't prepare it, my body will limit my ministry while I'm in Guatemala. So what will I do? I will do as much as I can myself and God will give me the rest of the ability I need. And, and there's something in our, our heart that we recognize if we've done our part, it's easier to believe God's going to do his part. We just kind of go... Okay, why? Well, we're meant to be partners with him. That's who the Holy Spirit is. He's the one we call alongside to be our partner, but he's got a partner with something already going on. He, he, he doesn't come and change our nature. He comes to become a part of what we've decided to do. Think of it this way. It's God joining his faith with yours. So when we step out and we do our part, his several ability comes alongside to give us some, an edge we couldn't get any other way. But if I didn't prepare, the edge I would be looking for is, God, I feel sick, help me. 
So, well, pastor, how do you, you deal with that? I, I'm taking certain nutrition with me. I've got three rounds of antibiotics. You say, well, that's not faith-filled. I've had, I've had all kinds of issues before traveling. I, I've learned I will take preventive measures, and if something is going on and I've got to preach in the morning, I will take the pill, and you can judge me if you want to. Why? Because my agenda is to obey God and get up there and do what he told me to do. And if I didn't prepare my body against amoebas, I don't know how you do that other than you take the pills with you. You know, I this morning woke up dreadfully sick feeling because I'm taking typhoid pills. I hate the typhoid pills. Nobody told me they'd make me feel sick. And they're every other day. And I thought, well, I, I can't do it the gym day. You know, they told me don't do it in a day you're physically rigorous. So I've been skipping the gym day. To, well, uh, th that puts me one of these, one of these days is, is yesterday. And uh, today when I woke up, I thought it'd be past. It wasn't past. What am I doing that for? I'm not doing it to be miserable. I'm doing it so when I get there, I can't get the real thing, that I, my body will have some immunity. I'll be prepared. At why? So God can do whatever he wants to through me instead of only what I have capacity for him to do. So as I share these physical things, it's a little easier than, than telling mind things. Why? Uh, we don't just assume let everybody in our mind. They can see the physical but we don't let everybody see our thought life. But think about our thought life too. The more we give it to God, the more he can invade that space and say, I'm going to give you. He said he gave to every man severally, but only one, one guy only got one. You used to think, well, that, that wasn't very nice for the one guy. One. Well, I know why. He, he didn't do anything with what God made him to be that God could give him anything more. So you see, when we say something like, well, God just isn't using me very much, we need to stop and say, well, what am I doing with what he did give me? So that he'd give me something more. And then there's an exercise about it. There is a, an effort, a discipline about it. So we have to have the discipline to develop a strong mind and a strong body and preparing spiritually for the trip. I'd like to be able to do more than I'm doing. Why? I'd, I'd like to be able to have 20 sermons in my head and not need any notes. I'm not that well prepared, but I will have 20 themes in my head. Why? Uh, it'll be different than teaching you all. I come here and teach you as much as I can to renew your mind. There, we're, we're, we're out to get people saved, delivered from the devil, spirit-filled and healed. Why? My commander said to. That's what he told me to do. That's what he told me to do while I was there. That was my assignment. So what will I do? I will be focused on that assignment no matter what's going on. Well, what does that mean? Being Jesus to the people. You can think of it this way, bringing Jesus to the people in that way. Now, one, the fourth thing. We're going to make this on time. Can you believe it? <laughs> I've been challenging myself to do better with time and not leave out any of Jesus. That's, that's key. Fourth one was the mind. Mind there means our motivation and actions what motivates us to take action? I say this and it makes many undisciplined people mad. We will always have time to do what we really want to do. I had to learn to adopt that because I see it in the scripture. I'm the one in charge of making the decisions. Sometimes a bad decision takes 50 right ones to back out of so that I have time to do what I need to be doing instead of what I have agreed to do or what I'm doing by default or what I'm having to do because I didn't take care of business before. I learned that the, 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 the many bad decisions I made in taking care of myself couldn't be undone by one good decision and one prayer. 
but a whole lot of ever see anybody running in in slow motion backwards I see people do that on the elliptical I cannot do that I just don't know I some coordinated forward not backward something about it just seems wrong but I see people trucking forward but always the same thing happens when they try to go backwards they can't do it as fast or as good and and why they're not seeing where they're going in our walk with God, he, he doesn't want us going backward or looking backward. He wants us oriented forward, and he tells us how to do that with our mind. We need to put in check what is it we are getting done and doing, and does it represent loving God? And I don't mean your every waking moment. You've got to be studying the scripture or worshiping or witnessing. I mean if you find yourself catching yourself saying, I've really not been in the word like I wanted to, you have to want to more. To have the capacity to want to more, you probably got to want to do something else less. Because we only get so much time. You know, I'm probably the only freak of nature that always wishes there were more hours in the day or I could stop the clock for any period of time until I'm ready to start it again. That's just how I think. But I have learned you can let God redeem the time by learning to think the way he thinks. And some things are just not important. Some things are not as important. Some things are just a habit and a pattern. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but you'll watch a TV program that has a little bit of redeeming quality and you feel good about it and you're happy you did it. And then it's time to get up off the couch, but the, the pillow feels so good against your head. And the popcorn is not done yet. And, and another show comes on. And in the first three minutes, they're designed to get the hook in you. And I, I don't know about you, but has that, that ever happened? And... Then commercial comes on, I think, oh, I really should get up, but I wonder what's going to happen next. <laughs> You're supposed to wonder what's going to happen next. That's what the show is designed to do. So you'll stay for all of the advertising and watch next week, and they will chalk you up as, as a consumer that paid attention and heard all the advertising. So you see, the world system is not designed to cooperate with giving God your mind. The world system is out for a piece of your mind. And like anybody else, you've got to see, how much am I going to let them have? Why? You're going to let them have some. Why? You're here, you can't help it. You've got a natural life. But there are some things you don't need to let have you. Because uh, they, they want your, your attention or your money with no consideration for your life. So what do we do? We, 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 we learn to love God the right way with our mind. It puts us in check. The Holy Spirit can win or we can have an argument with him. Well, I'll get up at the next commercial. Lucinda has, an, I think, a mild annoyance with something that I do. Because we can be watching a show, and, you know, she's really, she's got to see what happens. And I'm not, like, saying she watches more TV. She probably watches less than I do. But I, I can be to the, the, the third set of commercials, and if I'm tired, I march off to bed, say goodnight, see you in a little while. I just go, well, I don't really care how it ends. I can already, I mean, if, if it's Hallmark, I know how it's going to end. <laughs> Okay. So, and, and most think you're laughing because that happens at your house. And the woman wants to see it and experience the euphoria of falling in love or whatever's going to happen. And the guy's like, been there, done that, know all about that. I'm going to sleep. Most times, why? It, it, it's programmed to give us the same kind of feeling. Usually the programming you adhere to on television is because you crave certain feelings. God has set us up so that 
our mind will be blown away by him and will desire him more if we'll give him opportunity. It's a matter of loving him. The devil will resist you loving God this way. I'm just telling you, he'll try to stop you. Why? It's your motivation. God loves it when you want to, even if you didn't do it. Did you know that about him? I was excited to see that. That means all the times I wanted to, but I didn't, he still, he still liked that. Yeah, well, he knows eventually the motivation will be something that will move me in that. So the thought of it, the consideration of it, I used to feel the opposite. I used to think, oh, I thought to do that, and I feel so condemned I didn't. I, I should have shut down that movie and opened my Bible. I feel so condemned. That's wrong thinking. At least you thought to do right. I, I, this is going to set somebody free. Maybe the whole church. You hear this? He's not condemning you for thinking right and doing wrong. He condemns us when we don't even give him our thought life. Why? He's not the condemner. But what does his word? His word says to love him with our mind. Now here's what it says, Psalm 37, 4. Great psalm, the whole psalm. If we had time, we'd do the whole psalm, but we have three minutes. Delight thyself also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. There's, there's a delighting in him that comes first. Commit your way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he'll bring it to pass. Bring what to pass? He'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll give you the desires of your heart if you commit your way unto the Lord. What does that mean? My motivation and my my actions that follow. So what's he looking for? Both parts. Be motivated, then be a doer. Remember what Jesus said, don't just be a hearer, be a doer of the word. Because in the doing, the devil can't stop the release of God's power to give you your desires. Did you know that? See, I can pray, I desire to lose 135 pounds. If I didn't commit my way unto the Lord and make right decisions again and again and again, it would have never happened. If I didn't make decisions to become strong, and again and again, many of you are doing stuff like this. Why, why I'm using it, it's just an obvious, easy example. There is a committing my way to get the desire of my heart but God is the one that helps me hold the commitment that I have set. Without his help, things can't be done that we try to do. And we struggle and then we feel condemned. Think, I thought right, but I can't seem to do right. What's wrong with me? No, it's half right. We just need to get the other half. I, I don't know if you think this way, but when I'm halfway there on something, I consider I am at the peak of the hill and this is the downhill slope. Thank God I got to the, the middle ground. I want you to learn that, that God looks at us that way. We push, we push, but we're committing our way unto him. And as we give our, our way unto him, he says, I, I, I'm going to get in this as much as I can. And what happens? We think the downhill is because we hit the... No, the downhill is because God is with us. Boom. We're going to accomplish and achieve. And then it changes our life. Now, commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. Why, there's a trust issue. Lord, you are helping me. The day that, you know, I hear people, I listen to people everywhere I go, okay? I hear people at the gym, I see them starting out, I try to encourage people that are starting out because the ones that are not starting out really don't need encouragement. Why, they've, already, they've already seen results. But the ones that are looking at everybody with results and usually those people wear different kind of clothes and, you know, a lot of the young men, they show their belly and they're doing, you know, showing their abs and all this stuff that happens like that. You say, well, why is that important? Well, when you're the one that's not achieved anything yet, that's almost hurtful. So when you encourage a person that's not achieved to stick to the commitment. And usually they say something like, well, uh, 
How long do you work out? I was answered the same way. I started about 10 years ago. Why? That's the perspective they need, not how long do you spend in the gym. It's a matter of staying faithful. Why, why am I using that? It's just real to me, and I, I witness that way really every day, talking about things like that with people. Why people want to get a result somehow, and they don't know that God wants to help them get it. Now, evaluating our actions is how we find out if we're really aligning with God when we have a desire. Being honest and evaluative, say, well, pastor, some things are easier for one than another. I know that. But he says all things are possible to him that believes. And I choose to believe that. So our core values that he's teaching here is we'll love God this way, then we will be able to love people the right way. If we find out how to love God with all of our being, we can love people with all of our being. If we learn to honor the Lord the way he's asking, we'll have the right vocabulary and the right tone when we're dealing with people. We won't blow it as much. So, well, God doesn't talk to me the way some people do. I know that. That's why we have to overcome. We're not appealing to people because they're already perfect. Nobody is. We are making an appeal to reveal something of the person of Jesus. We're, we're in a relationship so people can see something of God in our interaction with them. Jesus said, and I, I want to say again in this, this passage, we reveal God by our actions, and when we're motivated to do them, we've got half of it right. When we follow up, we've got the other half. Think of how many times you've wanted to do right and beat yourself up because you didn't. Take away the stick today. Say, I'm just going to follow through now. You're not done. You probably still know the same people. Unless they've passed on, they're still around you. I want to end with this thought. This is John 6, 63. And Jesus was teaching, and this is a paraphrase. The Word and, and the Holy Spirit work as one to give us the fullness of God. We were talking about receiving all the fullness of God up there in, in Ephesians 3. You can come to church here and hear the word preached. And I'll faithfully do that. And any of the other preachers or pastors that get up are going to do the same thing. Bring the scripture. Why I'm, I'm particular that we, we present it as the truth and that we get it right as much as we possibly can get it right. But just hearing that word alone is not enough. Scripture in the New Testament teaches the Holy Spirit came to help us be able to do in, in Jesus' passage where we started, he was quoting four out of the five rules came from the Old Testament law that no man could do to please God. Yet in the New Testament, Jesus our Lord said, you will do all four and this one to please God. What's the difference? The person of the Holy Spirit is the difference. Where we would fail without him, we will succeed with him. Why? He's God with us. I, I don't know uh, how things work for you, but the bulk of my instruction comes on the fly when it comes to God. Well, I don't know who I'm going to encounter or what they're going to need or how they're going to act or what's going to happen to me through the day. If I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit, he better be with me. I'm not always going to have a verse for everything. And I might have a verse, but that doesn't change everything to know the verse. Well, I've got to have some action. The Holy Spirit is God, the person of action in our life. So I want to make an appeal to you 
today in kind of a strong way. If you're, you're trying to walk the Christian walk without the help of the Holy Spirit, never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I've seen countless thousands of people filled with the Holy Spirit. So easy. Why well, he wants to come in. All he wants is for you to desire him to come in. And then what is he? He's your resident teacher and counselor. He'll lead you to all truth. He'll show you some things to come. He'll make your life exciting. When I hear Christians are boring, I know they don't know the person of God I know, the Holy Spirit. He's not boring. Why? Well, he's all the time trying to see, what can I do now? What can I do now through you, Doug? What can I, how can I stir you up and get you? Well, he wants us to have a, an exciting time in our relationship with God. He's not just out to meet an agenda. He's out to make us who God made us to be, something we can't comprehend without him. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be your counselor. He wants to be your helper. He wants to be the one that will never leave you or forsake you. That's who the Holy Spirit is. When you're feeling alone, he wants to be your companion. He wants to be the one to hold your hand and lead and guide you out of a bad situation and into a good situation. He wants to navigate your decisions with you. He wants to hear what you think and what are your objectives. He's not going to give you his objective. He's going to listen to your objectives. And then he's going to help you move toward your objectives so long as they don't defy God. That's why loving God's important. So today, if you're not saved and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, that's your starting point. Receive the free gift. Go to heaven. Have your sins forgiven. But then decide, I'm going to make Jesus my Lord. And if I'm going to do that, that means I'm going to give my life back to God. That ought to scare you a little bit. Why? Without the Holy Spirit's help, we don't know how to do that. We just think, God, here you go. You get what I am. I mean, what you, what you see is what you get. Well, he doesn't see what you see. When you say that, he sees what he made you to be. He says, you betcha, I, I know what I'm getting in you, and it's precious. What's he do? Try to change our mind that, that we've got a life that counts for the kingdom, that it matters, that we can influence people, that we can change the, the course of history and lives around us, that we can take people to heaven with us, that we can get a little bit of heaven on earth. I, I, I believe that. I, I, this is another thing I, I preach about, teach about, sometimes makes people mad. God wants to help us now. Otherwise, why, why would the Holy Spirit not be camped out in heaven with Jesus and the Father? I mean, they're a triune God. They're one being. They'd rather be together, most likely. Why would the Holy Spirit then be here? Jesus had the right to ask him to come because Jesus laid down his life and said, Now you go help him. So what's he do here to do to help us? I shared with this with somebody Wednesday night, wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were very quickly. Came desiring that. We talked about it a little bit before service. After service, bam. Why? Uh, it's so easy to be filled. You ask him to come in. Then when you hear someone else praying in their prayer language, when I pray in my prayer language, I'm conscious that that's the seed of the Holy Spirit. The seed going out into the person. And they, they, they mirror that typically. And speak another. Why is that important? You pray a perfect prayer the devil can't stop. You pray a perfect prayer you don't have to understand. I learned a wonderful truth with the Holy Spirit. I don't have to understand everything for it to work for me. I just have to know my Heavenly Father and send my prayer of petition to heaven. I don't have to know all the scripture to, to, to pray the scripture. Why? It's the Holy Spirit in you that prays when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why the language doesn't come from our head. It comes from down on the inside. We think, how am I doing this? How am I praying this way? Because it's as the Holy Spirit wills, he begins to pray. There's nothing more powerful that you can do in this life once you have accepted Jesus than to accept the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Why, well, it's His Spirit already living in you. 
what we do when we accept the infilling of the Holy Spirit, say, Jesus, your, li- your spirit is living in me, but I'm giving you permission. Override my life. Make my life something. If you can do something with this, let's do something with this. Those four ways I said we have to love God, good luck doing that consistently without the Holy Spirit's help. Why? We just, we just try and fail and try and fail, and pretty soon we are convinced God must not be pleased with me. Nothing could be further from the truth if you tried. See, the motivation, he gets, he, he, he gets our attention. We get his attention. He says, uh, you're trying, but if you let me help you, we can do this thing. If you'll let me be your helper, if you'll let me speak out of your mouth, you say, well, what about the things we can't change? Who, who owns the universe? Why are we here today if we don't believe he can change anything? See, I believe he can change any train wreck. And he can put it back on the track and chugging along and be on time. Why? That's who he is. He's supernatural. So I want to encourage you today. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and it's been a long time since you've prayed in your prayer language, I'm going to ask you to come. Why? Scripture says, keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I don't want to do that. Okay, then you just pray where you are. That's fine. I'm not forcing anything, but I'm going to tell you, to, to be a church that's pleasing God, we've got to be a spirit-filled church. So, well, pastor, that is indicting. I don't care what other people believe. I look at the scripture and say, we're going to do that. We're going to do what it says and just present it, and we get to choose. But I'll tell you, my, my life keeps getting more interesting, not less interesting. My life in God keeps having new facets where I think, wow, uh, you, you'd think at this age you start to just kind of, Dial it back a little. He's not like that. As long as you will choose to be motivated, he'll roll that dial forward on you and say, oh, you're interested? Let me show you something. Let me show you what I can do through you next. I want to encourage you for some today to have a kickstart in being filled with the Holy Spirit and praying. It'll be like a new chapter opens up to you. Why? We stop praying a perfect prayer. We will not experience God's perfect will. The perfects go together. Well, I want you to stand. I'm going to dismiss you. I, I, I don't know. I guess I quit teaching at the right time. Then I started preaching. But nine minutes of preaching might bring you to the altar where teaching will just send you away. Heavenly Father, thank you for a church that loves you. Father, I, I pray that your desire is met here, Lord. That we become so aware and so full of your Holy Spirit that we, we learn how to love you, Heavenly Father, the way you want to be loved. So we can relate to people in the way that you would through us. Father, help us be your witness. But before we can be your witness, Father, just uh, we give our hearts completely to you. Our lives completely to you. Jesus, your Lord. If you can take this life and make something more of it, I give it to you. I present it to you as a living sacrifice. You want me for what I have remaining. You don't reject me for what I've done wrong. And I'm motivated today, motivated enough to say, here I am, Lord Jesus. Do what you will in me. I trust you and you're going to make something more of whatever I have left. You're going to make it something more wonderful for you. Now, Heavenly Father, I thank you for many. I just perceive it's like a chapter in the book being closed and a new chapter being opened in the power of God. Without you, Heavenly Father, we can't do all things, but with your Spirit, we certainly can. Heavenly Father, we've heard your word. Help us receive your anointing today, your power to see a life changed. Father, we're not going to look at the person down the row from us for their life change, but we're going to look in our own inward man. Lord, what would you have me to do to respond to you today? 
Now, Father, I thank you that this is a house that's embracing and not rejecting. This is a family that loves one another. But, Father, you're going to help us do better than we've ever done before because we're reaching out to love you in a way that's most meaningful to you. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. We pray that today you were challenged to move closer to God and encouraged with the depth of His love for you. If you would like to know more or hear additional messages, please call us at 217-395-2231. You can also write to us at Living Word Church, P.O. Box 158, Roberts, Illinois, 60962. Or visit our website at go to lwc.org. And as always, we would love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and give you peace.